But most women want alpha males. Most women want somebody to take care of them. Men and women are different. We're just born differently. We're born different we're born and different. We're, we're meant to complement each other, right? Correct. Not compete with each other. You went absolutely broke to rich again. I thought, what the hell's happened to my life? Aged 40 odd, three kids, multi-millionaire. Now I'm begging for a couple of thousand dollars. A year and a half back, I was on the TV buying Ferraris on credit cards. And then I come here, I'm, I'm living in a maid's room. Six months, my diet was two coffees and a sugar donut. We've got weak, untrained people going out in the marketplace and expect to win in life. If your woman is cheating, you'll never find out because never. she's so good at hiding it. But us, we're, we're not that smart, right? We're eventually going to get caught out. Women no. these days, they're different. We they're think. brainwashed by no. social media. Uh, no, no, no. Because they comp they're comparing their lives with somebody else on social media, right? Not everyone. Okay, do you know what women search most? How can sex last shorter than not so long? Welcome back to another epic episode today from TikToks. Today we've got a special guest, my man Darwish. How are you, brother? We almost got it there, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazing. Thank you. Honored to be here. Thank, Thank you, so you so much. The honor is all mine. Thank you. So my man here is the founder and CEO of Arena Consultancy. He's a serial entrepreneur and he's also a coach for gladiators, right? Well, I, I hold um, events all over the world called Gladiator Mastery. So the idea is that I train gladiators. And what do you mean by gladiators? Modern day gladiators. All right. So if you imagine, um, I, I'm from a poor background, okay? But I always had an interest in history and Roman empires and stuff like this. If you were a slave 2,000 years back, you were a gladiator, you would fight your way in the arena until you entertained loads and loads of people and then you set free. So you fought your way to freedom. Hence why freedom. the name of the arena consultants. Correct. Correct. Arena, because life is like an arena. It's true. Okay. So imagine if you just woke up in the morning, you thought, well, I've got a bit of a fight today. Yes. And you don't practice your moves. You don't look at the opponent's um, weapons. You don't prepare with your weapons. You go unprepared. What will happen in the arena? You'll die in a second. That's true. 2,000 years forward, we've got weak, untrained people going out in the marketplace and expect to win in life. And then the moment you start a business, the bank manager tells you, don't worry, 80% of businesses go bust in the two years. After that, another 90% go bust. You're expected to fail. So people are living life knowing they're gonna die frustrated life. And they die every single day. We're expected to dust ourselves down, motivate ourselves and start again. Right, the other day I read this quote in Arabic. It says, if death is guaranteed, why are you living a scared life? Yeah. Right? I, I look at people and I think they, they, they live in life like they're going to be alive forever. And it's so sad to see. Right. I, I met um, a rabbi in a, in a wedding about 30 years back. And he said to me, he's seen people die in three ways. And one is that they've had a really good life. The family are surrounding them. They say goodbye and everybody's happy because it's time and they're gone. The second one was that um, they have loads of ailments. They're hurting, they're in pain, they may have cancer or whatever. And we wish them well to the other side. But the worst death is the frustrated life. When they're old and they have a regrets, they didn't do this, they didn't do that. It's just, that's the most painful death. Yeah, they, they, say, they say the true hell is when you reach a certain age in your life and you look back and you see the man you could have been, right? And one thing about me, I've always been, like, I don't, I don't regret nothing in life, but I don't want to get reach a certain age in my life and be like, oh should have done that, I would have done that, I could have done that. 
So life is, is a journey and we got to enjoy the journey and you got to live it to the max and you got to appreciate moments of time, right? Don't waste your time. Fully got one life, one shot. Make the most out of it. So it's an absolute honor to have you here today. Before we dive too much into it today, tell us a little bit about your background, your upbringings. Sure. Um, Iranian born, um, had loads of deaths. I, I witnessed too many deaths as a young man. Uh, age three and a half, my father died. Family didn't tell me he was dead, so I'll go to school every day waiting for him to pick me up. And I couldn't understand why. He kept saying he was on business trip. They didn't want to hurt my feelings. So a and year how later... How long did they hide it from you? A year. A year, wow. So, uh, and then they took me to his, um, to his grave. I said, who's he? He says, your dad. That's how I found out. And so I just had this distrust for people. Even family will lie to you, right? So I say, one of my lessons is I tell your kids anything. They have the capacity to take it. Don't hide anything because it marked me. And if I felt like, you know, um, since then, every single day of my life, I count. I count minutes, I count hours, I count months, days, everything. How old would I be? How many days is that? So I've got an hour to achieve this. So I don't know if it's been a blessing or a curse, um, but at the same time, I don't waste time. Could be used both ways. It could be both. It's how you see life. It's how right? you see it, right? Yeah. And I believe like all the childhood experiences and all these trauma we've gone through shape us into the people we are today, right? Depends how you translate it. Exactly. Like the most successful people I've met, right, or even interviewed in this podcast, or even when you look at the most successful athletes in the world, they didn't become to where they are in this life without going through that struggle in, you know, early childhood and just coping well, life, with that Life pressure. seasons, right? So yeah. it's seasonal. You wouldn't appreciate the summer if you didn't have the winter. You know, we live in a blessed country, UAE, and the sun shines every single day. And when it rains, we're like, whoa. But if we're in England, <laughs> it rains every single day. It's just a different way of looking at things. Different right? way. And that's why yeah. I was, it's funny, I was telling my friend the other day, I was like, people in the winter in England, they're miserable, right? Like you, you go in the underground, everyone is like stressed. You know, stressed out, looking around, everyone ready to kill someone, right? But when the summer comes to in England and the sunshine, everyone is half naked, right? And like everyone is friendly, smiley, and yeah, it's different. It's crazy and how like the weather can affect if, our If you moods. look at the economies of the world, wherever the weather is grey and dark and cold, the economies do very well. And if you, if you look at Spain, Italy... The southern Italy, they're not as productive as northern Italy because southern Italy is sunshine. So Same in Spain. So what you find is that like the Catalan, the weather is not as good. They're, they're the powerhouse of Spain. Same in America, same in UK, Germany. So the sun makes you very lethargic and relaxed whilst, uh, yeah, it, it, your adrenaline is going, you're grey, you're constantly confined, short days, long nights. It's not, it's not healthy. That's so true. So when I looked at your story, right, you strike me as a guy who've been through a lot, right? So I watched an interview for you, right? So where you went absolutely broke to rich again. Can you tell us a little bit more about that story? Sure. Um, I don't think I was ever arrogant or ignorant or anything like this, but um, I don't think I was ever as um, sensitive to my values. Okay, they, they, I, I got attacked at home. I was um, divorced from my first wife in a, a new relationship. And my kids were in the house with me. My wife, ex-wife, lived in the, in Dubai. And there's so after you got divorced, she moved to Dubai. Dubai. She found someone. And I decided to. We made an agreement that I'll look after the kids. So it was fine with her, and I wished her all the best. So she met someone in Dubai. She was having a life here. And one night, kids in the house, knock on the door, 
and I shouted at the kids. Somebody answered the door. They were like one was playing Xbox, the other was iPad, and um, I just I was cursing them. I was walking down the stairs, opened the door, four men broke in uh, at knife point, and uh, they demanded money. And all I remember was my daughter was behind the door, and I was thinking, I hope she doesn't open the door to see this, because I'll scar her for life. I could hear her singing, so. Um, Somehow I just talked my way out of it, so I don't carry that kind of cash. Please go away tomorrow. Because then they said, we know where your kids live, we know where your work is. They've done the research. Because I was quite They've well known. They've been following you for yeah, I was on TV, I was on ITV. Wow. They did a six-week fly-in-the-wall documentary on me called That's Rich. <laughs> so it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it didn't serve the right purpose. So um, that night, they went out to come tomorrow. Uh, that night I packed the kids' bags and sent them to Dubai. So I lost my kids. Uh, stayed in the hotel, called the police, got a police escort. They got arrested within half an hour. Unfortunately, one of the reasons I left England because I felt there was prejudice. Uh, they only got six months house arrest. What? House arrest? House arrest. That's a few joke. months back in the UK, uh, an Olympian got attacked. Same scenario. I don't know if you noticed, uh, you heard about it in the news. His RM watches got stolen. And they got six and seven years prisonment. You know, England now is just became a place that really not safe, right? If you can't walk I around wearing an expensive watch, phone in your hand, phone what, in your yeah, hand. My bags, friends yeah. got her foot nicked from her hand while just yeah. stalking, walking around in town, yeah. right? Lots of people get stabbed Stabbings. and killed yes. for, for no reason. I like, especially over the last two years since COVID hit, right? Yes. Like people been going through yeah. financial uh, crisis. Uh, four and weeks ago, increased. somebody actually got attacked and stabbed for the watch inside Harrods. Inside, inside Harrods? Inside Harrods. That's mad. Isn't it? So anyway, um, so that night I flew the kids. Um, I got a police escort in the car. I had some houses in uh, Spain. I drove from Manchester to uh, Dover, Tunnel, France, Spain in 48 hours. Wow. I was just like this and I didn't sleep. I was just shocked. Just want to get um, out there. Yeah, I got back, stayed a few weeks in, in the house, came back, and I had a heart attack. Um, the stress of it all, it was just the shock of it all. Had a heart attack. I remember in Woodinshaw Hospital, lying on my bed, looking at the ceiling, thinking, this is not, this can't be it. I'm 42, 43. Still this, young. Yeah, this can't be it. This is bullshit. And then um, I decided that I was crying. And I wasn't crying because I was afraid of death, but I was crying because I was on my own. I didn't want to die alone. Yeah. You know, so where's my family? And I made a decision for whatever reason, September the 1st, if I lived through this, September the 1st, 2009, I was going to be in Dubai. And uh, obviously I survived. I was really honest and told people, sold my businesses. The, the big buyer paid me 10% and didn't pay me the 90. He said, sue me. Knowing that I was going to leave anyway. So I just said, screw you, I left. Taxman came after me. Bank came after me. Uh, I ended up with about $700 in my pocket. Wow. Think, I wish I'd gone bankrupt because I would have ended up with thousands, thousands, thousands. I had, a, I had one bank account at Royal Bank of Scotland. At that time, uh, we had retainers, memberships. And at that time, we had over £300,000 in this account. And I could have just gone and took the money out. But then there's an there's a old law in England that if if the tax man is going to investigate you, they freeze all your accounts. So I went to the bank, I said, I, I think I owe the tax man 30,000 pounds. Can I have it, your bank account's frozen? 
because he goes in the London Standard saying the bank, uh, the, the tax office is investigating you, and the banks have got a right to close the account. That account could still be money in it. I could never touch it. It was just that the whole thing was falling apart, yes. So I paid everybody off, came here with 700 and odd dollars in my pocket, lived in a maid's room. Uh, a year and a half back, I was on the TV buying Ferraris on credit cards. And then I come here, I'm, I'm living in a maid's room. Six months, my diet was two coffees and a sugar donut. My children didn't go to school for six months. You know, I had to look at them every single day. Couldn't afford anything. Uh, long story, you have to come to my seminars. I'll share the story. And um, I, I, I was going door to door, knocking on doors, because uh, I, I could always sell. Originally, I was a salesman. And uh, I was selling every, so I'm, imagine I'm dyslexic and I'm selling content writing services. Imagine how tough that was. Yeah. I'm writing content and I can't read or write. So anyway, the money started, slowly came in. And then what happened was um, I was going door to door, but every time I went to the fifth or sixth door, I was sweating because October, September, October in Dubai is hot. So I had to get a, 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 a rent-a-car, but I didn't have money. So I went to found one of these uh, rent-a-car. It was called AA Rent-a-Car. And they use one of these, you know, old visa machines. They don't do them anymore. And I knew because my visa didn't work. It was blocked, right? So I thought what I'll do is I'll just use this visa machine. And of course, I'm a salesman. Within 30 days, I'll pay it. They don't have to bank the card. Then, you know, they don't realize yeah, yeah. This money's, there's no money in it. So got this shitty white Yaris. And I'm driving door to it. Didn't sell nothing. And about four or five days before the money was due, I had one prospect left. And I'm driving, I'll never forget a Sheikh Zahi road and the petrol gouges like this, you know, and I can't afford to petrol in the car. And um, this video, of my, I was interviewed by a guy called Real Bradley. I don't know if you know him, but yeah, uh, yeah, I got five and a half million views on this story. Wow. And um, so it was on Sheikh Zahi road, Grosvenor house, 42nd floor. I parked the car and I was like, what could go wrong? How can I get this deal? I thought, right, if he hasn't seen that, it was a Monday morning. Um, if I hadn't seen this deal, I've got a copy of the proposal. We had everything covered, all the rebuttals, everything. So I go upstairs, long story, she asked me to get, take, take a wash because I was sweating nerves and everything. Sit in the boardroom. I always sit in the same place in the boardrooms, facing the door. My position was right. And I could see him go to the reception. And he didn't even remember I was coming. So the reception is going, and he goes, and his face was like, oh shit, how am I gonna get rid of him, right? As he's walking through, and my heart is coming out of my chest, because somebody told me if you bounce checks, you go to jail, right? Yeah. So I was thinking jail time, jail time, fuck, just jail time. And he comes and sits down, and he, I said, Mr., I can't remember his name, did you look at my proposal? And he goes, no, I didn't, I had a really busy weekend, and do you mind? I said, don't worry, I have a copy. Didn't even give a chance to give me a rejection. So he's going through the uh, proposal, and I could feel the sweat running down my back, to the small of my back, down my pants. I was like, and my heart is coming. I'm like, I've got to do something, got to do something. And I just reached out to him and it's a deal then. And that's exactly what he did. Really? He reached across the boardroom table and shook my hand. Look at even now. And then I thought, oh, what next? <laughs> right? <laughs> I said, well, for me to start tomorrow morning to increase your sales by 30%, I need to get paid now. So please go and get your checkbook. And he went and got his checkbook. And I'm sitting there thinking, shit, I didn't expect it to go Goose this bombs. far. I was yeah. Even, and then he said, who did I make it payable to? I was doing visa runs, right? I, I didn't have a bank account, nothing. So I said, cash. He goes, cash? Yes, cash. 
wrote me a check for seven and a half thousand dirhams. I grabbed it, literally couldn't grab it fast enough, ran around the boardroom. I said, I'll be here at eight o'clock tomorrow morning. Please be early. And he followed me to the door. And as, as the lift door was shaking, he was like, he didn't know what had happened to him. So I'll be there tomorrow morning. And then door shut, ran to my car, and I couldn't stop crying. I was sick in the car, opened it, I was sick for about an hour. Tears of joy. Shock, shock. And I thought, what the hell's happened to my life? Aged 40 odd, three kids, multimillionaire. Now I'm begging for a couple of thousand dollars. So I just made a decision that no matter what's gonna happen for the rest of my life, I will never walk away from a deal. I'll never say think about it. You either do a deal or I walk. So every single time now, I just stretch across the desk and I shake somebody's hand and the deal gets done. Because I never forget how painful that moment was. For sure. Right? So I just knew this soon shall pass. This soon, shit passes, good things pass, everything passes, right? And I knew if I do the right things all of the time, I'll achieve success. Everything is temporary at the end of the day. Everything. Right? Everything. So you've Apart moved, from death. Right? Yeah, so, it's true. Yeah. Death is guaranteed. We can't escape death no. and we can't escape tax, no. taxes, right? Well, we can. We're in Dubai. <laughs> For now. But now they're taxing businesses, For now. no? For now, yeah. Uh, so you've moved to Dubai in 2009, literally when it was just... At recession hit. Yeah. It was the worst, it was the worst day in Dubai's history. I remember. I remember yeah. 2009 just like yesterday. Yeah. But you know what? It was the best time for me. Because when people are making money, they don't have headaches. Right? Why would I want to hire a consultant? I'm making money. I, I remember real estate agents were showing people around. They didn't speak English. And they had three phones. And the price of the property was going up while you were being shown around. So why did they need to train their staff? There was so much demand. The moment recession hit, people were like, uh, Darish, can you come and help us? Because I need to make money. My phone's not ringing anymore. It's the perfect time for me. Yeah, recession opened people's eyes, to be honest, on the way how they deal with business. So I've got a question. So you broke up with your wife and then decided to move to Dubai. I'd already uh, like divorced, I, I, yes. Obviously, after the, the attack that happened to you, the unfortunate event, right? Yes. Then you were like, that's it. So did that break up? When it happened, just right. oh, with the relationship. Yeah, the relationship. No, no, we, we drove. We, we, actually, that finished before the before. It was about a year before. I'd already gone into a new relationship. Because you know, like, I, had a, I had a young child from her, so oh. two kids from previous, and the, the third child was from my new relationship. New relationship, yeah. because you know, people usually deal with breakups differently, right? Someone else would have maybe gone start doing drugs, partying, alcoholic, like other people, like myself. We hit the gym hard, we work hard. I remember like when I had my breakup, I was just training every single day. I launched three businesses, three are successful, managed to get my football league in London, associated by the football, uh, London Association, guy publishing news articles in London in the UK three times, smashed it, now I manage millions. I'm like, wow. But I'm always thankful for these kind of things that have unfortunate things that happen in your life because they can either be a source of motivation or they can also push you back. But the fascinating thing for me, because relationships can either help you level up your game or you can help you downgrade your game, right? It depends. You know what it is? When all my life I was told I wasn't good enough, right? All the time I was told I was a loser by my members of my family. Um, when you meet someone kind of reiterates that or somebody leaves you, kind of magnifies and highlights what they've always told you. That's true. And then when you've got no money as a man, 
you are in the worst place. Then you start thinking nobody's going to like you. Nobody's going right, like to Right, because know. as a man, like three things define you. Who you are, what do you do, and what can you bring to the table. And exactly. if you ain't got these three things, you're, you're miserable, done. you're useless, right? Yes. So we've got so much pressure on our shoulders. We're yes. always expected to provide. Yes. We're always expected to be something great, right? And we've got to do it. We've got to deal with it. So it's just... I'm all into men's mental health. I mean, I'm a big follower of um, Andrew Tate. I really am. What's I know- your thoughts on him? Well, I just did, a, I just did a, a post on it. I think, here's the thing. The guy's good looking. The guy's wealthy. He's super intelligent. A fighter, yes? He pisses a lot of people off because you're only highlighting what most people aren't. That's the first I'm thing. Or afraid to speak about. Or afraid to speak about. What he does is, like, he speaks so much, I've never met a politician, Gandhi, whoever <laughs> it is in the world who speaks the right thing all of the time, right? So if you want to pick on... One percent of something he said that may have been taken wrongly and, and edited just perfect to highlight, okay, he screwed up, right? Doesn't make him a bad person. I think he's a shining light to most men. He doesn't degrade because men and women are different. We're just born differently. We're born, we're born different we're born and we're, we're meant to complement each other, right? Correct, not compete with each exactly. other. Exactly, and that's what they teach them these days. Correct. Oh, compete, be independent, go get your money, get, like, no, relax. Right. Yeah. Let me do. Let me be me. Earn it. Earn, earn it. it. Earn everything. Whether you're a man, you're a woman. You're dark, fat, short, old, young. Earn. And you know what is, brother? Like I feel like women these days are so confused. They're so brainwashed by social media, by what all what they see, and they like they live in a bubble. Do you know what I think? I think men are fucked. I think men are confused. You know why? Listen, both, both because are in fucked. Re- but we both are because as men go, we don't know whether we should be wearing skirts or trousers. Right, we're we're confused, right? Uh, There are the fact is we can't generalize, right? But most women want alpha males. Most women want somebody to take care of them. I studied um, maybe I shouldn't say I studied um, uh, tantric, right? A woman has the most incredible experience if they let go and they trust their partner. When a woman lets go and fully trusts their partner. They're at the highest level. Interesting. Right? How can they do that if they got a, they got a weak man? Yes? How come you take a flower on a date, they look at you like you're strange, yes? Or you open a door for a lady. Well, you shouldn't be felt so. You're a gentleman. You're a gentleman, You're a gentleman. Right? People see it as a sign of weakness or a sign of... Chauvinistic or yes, something. Yeah, exactly. No, you, you're proud of being a man. You're proud of being masculine. You're being a gentleman. Correct. And at the same time, I believe, honestly, women make better leaders. They make better soldiers. They make better traders. I can prove it, right? Because they don't make decisions by their egos and their testosterone. They make decisions by systems, right? They have more... They, they, through birth, for right. God, yes? We could, men couldn't give birth. We couldn't handle the pain. So what women go through is far more powerful than men. But we're not equal. We're not equal. We're, we're not, not. Yeah. We're not equal. And, and trying to make us equal is a myth. Like, women are great things as well, like attention to details, right? right? So let's say... Multitasking. Uh, multitasking, right? So let's say you invite me over for dinner and I come with my wife. I haven't got a wife, just to, clear, <laughs> to make it clear. For the women who could potentially <laughs> be interested, he's not married. <laughs> not married, thankfully. Single soul. <laughs> Anyways, so if I come down with my wife to your house, right, and we have dinner, we enjoy it. Me as a man, all what I'd be thinking about is food because I'm just hungry. I just want to eat. So as soon as we leave your house, my woman goes and tells me, oh, by the way, did you notice the light? 
Did you notice the curtains? Did you notice how like their windows look like yeah. that? Their couches color, the sofa, the carpet. I'm like, wow, like they, they've got this attention to details. So as soon as they step into a place, they scan literally every single detail. But we're us as yeah. men, we cannot do that. I'll, I'll give you this one, right? How many times you've been with your partner and you get caught looking at someone, <laughs> right? Because, because we tunnel vision, right? Like this. Whilst women look more than men do, right? But they don't but show because, it. Because they scan, right? They're scanning areas. They're scan, they never right? get caught. Yes. Right? Because they could true. be talking to you, but they're scanning the man over there and this and that. But we like, and then we go. We show it. They don't show it. They're good at hiding it. So don't tell they them. They don't we, hide. We just, they, the way they scan is different to men. We are tunnel vision. We have to stare <laughs> because that's our target, okay? And it's like, oh, what are you doing? No, you can't even lie because you're there like this. Where a woman can look at that person and talk to you and they're scanning that person and we'll never know. That's so true. They just never get caught. That's so true. They're, they're, in a way, they're evil, right? Because you don't know, like if your woman is cheating on you, you'll never find out because never. they're so good at hiding it. But us, we're... We, we're not that smart, right? We're eventually going to get well, caught out. The fact is that there's something called intuition of sixth sense, right? They're women's intuition. Yeah, they have this. They know. They women know. know. They the moment know. you walk, That's the moment so you talk, they know. They just know whether they decide to deal with it or not, okay? We're just stupid. <laughs> Men are stupid. <laughs> really are stupid. That's yes. so true. Yeah. Right. And, and like, you know, society make men feel like worthless and like, when I look at certain men now, like in their 20s, all what they do is just play video games, slide into gears DMs, like, bro, what are you doing with your life? Like, we don't have time to Honestly. buy, we don't have time to hang, just yeah. get the job that's, done. That's why, that's why I brought up Gladiator Mastery. Honestly, it is, because it breaks my heart. It I love that. It breaks my heart. You know, if, I, if I'm, uh, let's talk about dating, for instance, okay? When I was young and I wanted to date, I had to plan which bar or club or where I was going to go and hang out. And then we'll make calls, we'll go there, and it was a crap night. There was no girls there, no nothing. Then you go to a place another night, another week, when you suddenly see someone you like. You have to go over, approach, approach them, break them. the ice. Now, you're a swipe to the left, swipe to the right. You know, when, I, you, when you got a date, she's probably got three, four other dates that week. You're not appreciating the person sitting in front of also, you. Also, like you're in a competition without knowing that you're competing with you hundred other know, guys. Bro. You don't even know. You don't have a chance because she's thinking about tomorrow night's date. Exactly. Right. So what chance you got? You just everybody. When I say to you, when you don't pay, you don't appreciate it. That's so true. When you don't pay the price, you don't put effort into it. You just don't appreciate it. Now you wonder why relationships don't last. Exactly. Because nobody has to make effort. That's so true. It's so easy. So it's true. like information. When I want to know some information, I have to ride a bike, catch a train, get a cab, go to the library, and the book I wanted, the bugger was standing there reading it. And I stood there looking at it for six hours, and then we won't put the book down. I have to do it again, right? Now you're sitting on the toilet, you got all the information at your fingertips. That's so true. But it's true, like, listen, you can Google everything, but good yes. luck finding the right information. Hence right. why we make the wrong decisions. However, if we've got the right source of information, then we've got a greater chance at making better decisions. You need, everybody needs guidance. You need guidance. And yeah. that's why, like, I feel what you're doing is great, is adding to the society, is adding to the community. Like this podcast, interviewing people like yourselves, showing people, inspiring people, yes. providing them with knowledge and yes. rich information. That's what we really need. We need more of these great content, more, more of these great conversations, and more great people like yourself. Thanks, man. Yeah, I've got questions. Anything. <laughs> so, because I personally believe being a successful salesman help you become a successful entrepreneur. 
So do you think being great at sales and, you know, chasing prospects, you know, proposing and doing all of that stuff help you become the man you are today? First of all, sales. The moment I say sales, people have this vision of a fast-talking uh, mm. car salesman, right? Selling you something you don't want. So that's changed. That's changed. When I was your age, <laughs> people used to say to me, you make a great salesman. I think, oh, fantastic. Now, if somebody says that to me now, I think it's an insult because Why? I was talking too much. I was a fast talker. Not listening enough. Not listening enough. Yeah. So the world has changed. The way we buy has changed the way you used to buy 30 years ago. There was a company called Vikings. I don't know if you remember in, in England. Yeah, yeah. Uh, papers and stuff yeah. like this. What was on the boxes? The picture of the chairman like this, like this. <laughs> and people used to believe the guy, right? right. Because he's the, his face is on there, he's pointing, and paper must be good, okay? But now, everybody knows about the products or services more than the salesman, because they've Googled it to death. That's and so when true. you leave, they're gonna Google that and contact 10 other prospects, right? And there is so much competition now, and people are more aware of what's going around the world. Correct. So right. how, do you, how do you become a great salesperson? First of all, you gotta work hard. Sales is a numbers game, right? If you're not knocking enough doors, you know, you're in the shit, right? If, first thing, it's a numbers game, you gotta work hard. And the fact is that if you're working hard and you've got a bunch of prospects in your basket, if a couple of them go away, you're not stressed about it because you've got a bunch of prospects. But if you have only two golden eggs and one cracks, you're stressing out because you were lazy feeding prospects. So it's a numbers game. All, no matter how much you polish up your act, more people will say no than yes. Third, it's not personal. Business is not personal. I won't, if I was a double of, uh, let's say, Tom Cruise, I'll never get the job, right? Because I'm bold and I'm bigger and whatever, right? So it's not personal, it just doesn't fit the mark, okay? Now, the skill you need as a salesperson is to build relationships by really being childlike enthusiastic about the person you're sitting in front of. Right. Ask questions. On average, do you know how many questions people ask before they pitch the product? Three. Three stupid questions, and they go in, and they wonder why. And sometimes they ask zero questions. No questions. Let me tell you all about me. They're yeah, all the do you want to buy this? Uh, like, yeah. I know. Three is max, right? Yeah. You have to ask minimum 15 questions, and they've got to be open-ended. You've got to be Build linked to each human other. human relationship, Correct. that rapport. Where are you going tonight is not a good question, right? Because you're going to end up talking about shisha when you try to sell a car. Does that make So you've got to be sequential. There's got to be order that you take the client into. And the bigger the headache you solve, the more money you earn, okay? So the final skill is that if you imagine the mindset of the prospect is confusion. They're running a business, but they know something about e-commerce. They've researched it for six months and they have their own idea. Your job is to clarify, give them clarity. If you build trust and clarify, give them clarity of the jumbled mind, they want to buy from you. That's true. That's true. Because you don't have to sell anything. Possibly anymore. they've seen ads on their social media about, about e-commerce or trading. They're running it in the hairdressers. Like they know nothing about, but they have ideas. They have ideas. So come and clarify their confusion, and they'll and if they trust you, they'll buy from you. Hello, I just want to talk to you quickly about this beautiful massage gun from Game Hunter Store GHS. What I love about this absolute beautiful tool that is so light on the hand and I can take it with me wherever I go. I love the fact that it's got a touch screen and pay a different level of speeds and vibration so you can adjust that depending on how you view each day. I love taking it with me wherever I go and I love using it after a heavy session at the gym or even after a long day at the office. What I also love about it is the battery life. It lasts, it lasts about 8 to 10 hours of consistent use, not to mention right it comes with this beautiful case 
and it's got six different type of heads. You can each switch them up depending on how you really feel and which one is you feel better for you for that giving day. Wait, don't go. They've also got this mini massage gun, which is so insane, guys. Look at that. It's literally the size of an iPhone. How insane is that? It's so light. You don't feel like you're actually holding something in your hand. This is my favorite. I love taking it with me wherever I go. I can literally fit it in my pocket if I want to. Guys, if you like what you're seeing, you can get 10% off by watching this episode. The discount code is TIC10. Use that when you go on GameHunterStore.com. So I was telling our board advisor the other day, like we've hired recently two sales lady. So if you've got sales lady A and she's speaking with hundreds of people every day, then she's got more chances at succeeding than the other lady who's just speaking with three, five guys a day, right? And exactly similar to what you just said about knocking on doors and like having more eggs to go to, right? I want to ask you a question. Why is one making three calls while one's making a hundred? But that's the idea. We want to get them all making 100 calls a day. Why would speaking, one make three and why wouldn't one make 100? Maybe the one making three is, uh, is new, just start it. We're not spending, because you know, like when you do sales, you gotta also spend the marketing around. budget, right? I'll turn it around. What if you were that lady? Would you make three and or would you make 100? I'll, I'll tell you why, because when I was working in an investment firm in London, the other, this company had lots of politics. So they always were looking after the English guy more than me because my name is Ahmad, yeah. last name is Muhammad. Yes. You know how it is, right? Very so, well. <laughs> <laughs> so the other guy, they were spending so much marketing budget him. on him, yeah. pushing him, giving him lots of leads. Yes. And he was hitting big numbers while me, on the other hand, I was literally speaking to five, six guys a day. I'm getting frustrated. I'm like, guys, give me some marketing budget. Let me show you what I can do. And they never got it. So I give you an example. I was the guy there cleaning the shoes. Now I own the goddamn company. So what did you do? I just left, to be honest. I just left because I didn't believe so much in the product they were selling. At the start, because for me as a salesperson, if you tell me this product does A and B and Z, right? You gotta do what you tell me. On the box. Yeah. Exactly. So if I'm going out there, selling it to people, looking them in the eye, I'm saying this product does this and that, and then it doesn't do what I just said, then that I lose my reputation because people don't know about you people behind the scenes, they know about me. So my face is the image and my face is the brand. It's everything. Yeah. Because for me as it's your uh, values. Exactly. So I'm a guy I'm an Arab guy, right? So reputation for us and being a man of your world is everything, right? Yeah. That's why I was like, you know what? Goodbye. Left them, built my company, similar product to them, but done it hundred times better. And now it's funny because fast forward, they start reaching out to us reaching out to me, oh, by the way, you want to do this? I'm like, no, goodbye. You lost your chance. Mm -hmm. Now just watch me shine so bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's funny. So let's speak about... May I deal with the lady? The yeah, two for ladies. sure, okay. please. One is hungry and one isn't. Simple as that. True. Right, the one who's driven, who's hungry, who has desire, who has goals, time scales, quantified, is the one who makes 100 calls. Now, there's a difference. They can sit on their ass and wait for incoming leads that's not selling right selling is when somebody's not expecting you to call them you call them and convince them to come your way you move people that's selling the other one is order taking right so i only hire motivated hungry people so i've i've created a seven step recruitment process that only hires motivated hungry people because CVs are all lies. But motivation get lost right like we, we don't wake up every day motivated 
and you know it's sunshine and rainbows, right? So no, but then you, get, you have desire. So I'll yeah. give you an example, right? I like hiring single moms. Why? Because if they're, they're having hungry. a bad day, they're hungry. Because they have somebody else to feed rather than themselves. That's so it's true. not about going out drinking at the weekend. That's so yes? true. So they are self-driven. Now they're not be happy all the time. But you know what? When you come to the office, telling you you're having a bad day. So I've spent half the day wondering if I've done something wrong. Because everybody has good days and bad days. You can't switch off your moods like a light bulb. You know, life interacts. So you can come in the morning in a bad mood, go home in a good mood. It, it's fine. You can't switch your emotions on and off. You just have to snap out quickly. If don't, you can, don't get if not, it's fine. But don't, don't make other people wonder what they've done wrong. Yeah. Just say, I've just woke up in a bad mood today. Do you mind if I behave like this? I did a, a project at school when he said, like, would you want people to wear the moods as a badge? So you actually walk around and say, leave me alone today. I'm in a good mood or a bad mood. What would the effects be in society? That's interesting. If you didn't have to guess what people's moods were. That's interesting. So, yeah, as long as people aren't wandering around you, what's up, what's going on, is he mad, is moody, just, you know, make other people be a pleasure to work with. That's so true. Because be we don't wake good. up every day motivated. And one thing... I've also learned as an entrepreneur, right? So at the start, I was looking for experienced people, skill, people that are skilled, right? But then I, told, I said to myself, no, I've got to invest in people that got the mindset because skills can be taught, experience yes. can be taught. Yes. And funny enough, like when I, when I start doing the interviews, I make sure I spend the first 30 minutes or 45 minutes just talking about mindset, motivation, making sure the other person is just as hungry as me. I really want it bad. And like one thing I struggle with is like people at the start are like full of energy. Yes, I'm hungry. I want to be successful. I want to be this and that. But then two or three days later. Oh. You know why? Because they want a job. Job. Just over broke. They're desperate. They're saying, are you organized? Totally. Are you motivated? Absolutely. It's all rehearsed. So why, why aren't we changing the way we recruit? Because we're recruiting exactly the way we did 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And if anything, we gave them a psychometric test, you know. But the fact is that what does the salesperson, how, how do they see money? What's the feeling towards money? Do they like money? Do they think uh, money's the root of all evil? Do they think money's hard to come by? Because their actions prove their beliefs, right? And so that's why you find people with entrepreneurial parents tend to be great entrepreneurs, right? And somebody who's, whose father and mother are accountants or librarians or, or lawyers, they tend to be not entrepreneurs. Because they see the downside of things. They always see the argument, the pain yeah. into something. So it's our conditioning. I've actually um, uh, started a program called Junior Gladiator Mastery. Because I deal with juniors now before they get messed up as adults. Because uh, when you already had beliefs like politics, religion, money, uh, deaths, things like this, you fight for it. And the biggest challenge with human beings is the limited beliefs they have for themselves to achieve their goals and wealth. That's so true. Sometimes people ask me, how do I find my motivation? And it's just, there's a simple answer to it. Like, you, you must have a reason why you want to make it. You must have a reason why you want to succeed, right? For instance, my reason, I want to see my mama happy. I want to put a big smile on her face. Like when I see my mom, like, you know, during tears of joy, her son is making it, her son is doing this and that. That means the world for me. So like, what's your reason? Why do you want to be successful? What's your why? Why you want to be who you said you want so to be. So the reason is greater than yourself, right? Exactly. Here's the thing. The truth is that your mom's already proud of you. 
I mean, you know, one of the saddest thing in life as well for me is because I've been abroad, I've been overseas for so many years, so I haven't been spending the last 12, 13 years with my family that much. And my family being my motivation and my number one drive force to be great at whatever I do. And because I've sacrificed so much and haven't spent so much time with them, as we get older, our parents do get older as well, right? And recently, over the last two years, my mom been ill and sick, and she's not realizing or seeing fully or understanding fully what her son is becoming now. And that hurts me because... But bro, her way of judging you is different to the way you judge yourself, right? Yeah. My mom is not judged by my success. She's judged by safety and security. Okay, so the, the way you think, you know what, she wants you to be healthy and happy. But, but what she probably wants to do is to hear from you twice a yeah, day. Yeah, but you know, the validation You hear what me. I said? Yeah, I she just heard wants it. to hear from you twice a day. Yeah, so I, always I guess think, that's true. It's I always true. think to myself, if today was the last day, would I have regrets? And I always call my mom, irrespective of how we don't get on. She gets under my skin, she irritates me because I'm all about positivity and abundance. She's all about be careful, because she's had it tough all her life, right? She's all about be careful, don't do this, don't take risks. And it's totally opposite me. But then I need to make that call, that closeness, because I, I don't want to have regrets. That's it's only true. a telephone call. It is, it's true. The other day, it's funny enough, I was coming from Marino at night, and the taxi driver was like, bro, please do me a favor. I was like, what? He was like, please, every day, call your parents. Every yeah. day, because one day, you're not going to have the opportunity. And that stuck with me. Believe and, me, I know. And, and I've been doing that. So, But for me, it's all about getting the validation, right? And I'm dying because my dad never, ever told me, I'm proud of you, son. And, and you're probably never going to get And I'm it. obsessed. Yeah. I'm obsessed about what I'm doing. Thank I'm, him for it. Thank him for it. Let I, me tell you why. Okay. Okay, because I studied this and it came to me about five years ago. Not that I wasn't blessed earlier. I always thought my dad was my inspiration because anything around me was negative and horrible, right? So I was on this course, it was in Tenerife, Tony Robbins course, and I was listening to him and I realized actually my mom was my inspiration because she always told me I couldn't do it. And subconsciously I was like, F you, I'll show you. You with me? Yeah. It wasn't a DNA from my dad, I don't know. I heard he was an entrepreneur. Yes, but I had in my image that he was this perfect human being. He probably had his faults and he probably messed around or whatever. Yes, no one but is perfect. I, nobody's perfect. Yeah, but I had this perfect image. But then I actually phoned my mom. I said, "We haven't seen each other for four years. What are you doing at Christmas? Nothing. Since then, we've spent every Christmas together. Because although she still gets under my skin, I said thank her for giving me the inspiration to show her that boost." And she, the way, you know what it is, the way they see life is different to the way we see life. That's so true. Okay? You're never going to get, because you have to look at the way he was brought up. He probably never had many hugs. He probably, his parents never told him they were proud of him. So he's just doing it to you. That's so true. So thank him for his lack of love and appreciation and showing <laughs> it. Thank you for inspiration and never demand anything more. They love him as it is. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's, that's really touched my heart. That's really touched my heart. Thank you for that. I appreciate you. it. So now we've got this successful business, right? And you give big, massive speeches. You teach gladiators, like you said. How did you come about it? How did you get the idea to start it and how, make sure. it this successful? And also the second question, what obstacles and challenges you've had to face to get to where it is now? Every day. Um, you know, I, I look like Donna White. 
Okay, and I look like uh, Mr. Wonderful of uh, Shark Tank. You actually Tank. do a little bit like Mr. Wonderful. And who else? Uh, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, And yeah. you know, when people mistake me with them, I say, you know, one day they'll mistake them for me. I like that. I don't queue. I don't queue for nothing. I don't go coach economy. Even when I had nothing, okay, I, I didn't cut corners. Because I always say, this is the way I am. And society and environment tries to tell you you're below what you are. So know your standards, never drop them. Your standards are everything. So every single day I get challenges. Do you think I had staff who I hired wrong and they badmouthed me? Do you think I've had people who take my course, they don't implement nothing and they say it doesn't work? Do you think people judge me, they've never been to my courses? Do you think people hear me effing blind, they don't like? I've been in Tony Robbins seminars. People get up and walk out and they pay like $2,000. I said, why are you walking out? Because he says dollars and not pounds. Like, who gives a damn? Just listen to the message, you know? Like, there's trigger points for everyone. I've stopped caring. I was the kind of guy who go to a party of 100 people and they say, that guy over there doesn't like you. You ruined my night. Now I just choose to focus on the 99 who do like me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Six years ago, one of my um, students came to me and said, hey, I do these seminars and uh, I have a slot available. One of the speakers canceled. Would you speak on this seminar? I said, sure. It was the last... Uh, slot on the second day. It's called a dead man's slot. Everybody wants to go home. I turned up, there's about, I don't know, 100 people in the room. I did a two hour, it should have been only half an hour because I'm not a professional spirit, I just got carried away. People were crying, they were dancing. There was over 100 people in the room when I finished. People were coming in. And somebody came and said, you're amazing. And they opened up a Facebook page. And then I had like 400,000 followers on Facebook. And... um, and Instagram and so forth. It was just coincidence. Uh, I still don't see myself as a professional speaker. I just speak from the heart. And I, one, I don't care about sharing my vulnerability. Screw the ego. You know, showing vulnerability actually builds strength. connection. It's your strength. Yes. The most common thing I get, the most common message I get, people saying, your story resonates with mine. It hit me somewhere in my gut, my heart. That's why I'm connecting. Recently, I went to a massive seminar in Dubai. And all the speakers I felt were from the head. They were rehearsed and all the hand movements and all this. And it didn't, didn't connect with me. I felt nobody was there from the heart. They were all speaking from the head. They could have been on Hollywood. Mm. Yes. So um, I felt that's what's missing. It, there's not enough people out there who speak from the heart. I cry on stage. I dance and laugh on stage. And my audience does the same. But you know what I do? I give tough love. You don't want to be in my audience. Because... I rip people apart because you, I love my son, my firstborn, more than anybody else on the planet. And he's very, very successful. 20, he's a multimillionaire, 29-year-old man, a young man. Nobody says he's been lucky because they see how I treat him. Because I'm preparing him for the day that I'm not going to be around. Does that make sense? Yeah. So he's ready to stand up his own two feet. He, he does. Yes. But I've been toughest on him. So I love my audience. That's why I'm tough on them. I never give like um, love buying. Oh, really? Oh, life. Oh, poor you. <laughs> that that doesn't happen in my seminar. That's true. Yeah. I said, what are you going to do? Just might as well can I give you a razor. You want to cut your wrist or do you want to make a change? So you're not the guy that give them a hug when they need it. You're the guy to show them how to win mm. when they most need it. I give them tough love. Yeah. I tell them what they have to hear, not they want to want to hear. Exactly. And then if one of my 
students or whatever uh, cries and somebody just gives them a box of tissue, I said, get the back down. Don't, don't start breaking in their pan. Let them go through their shit together by themselves, not with you. Okay? And all you're doing is love buying because you're helping them to be loved back. So you need help. Let them go through the shit by themselves. And then I give them the tools. You break them, you build them, and they're fresh. But it's all about implementing these tools, like you said. Yeah. And, but here's the thing what annoys me or upsets me, saddens me, is over 90% don't do anything. Yeah. They go, yeah, 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 they don't it's do anything. It's true. Like, uh, I think one of the episodes I'd done, I had Abdurrahman Afir. He's a British guy and he's a, biz a leadership consultant. And he was telling me, it's not about... He's the, the guy who wrote the book, right? He's, he's Ab Abdul Rahman. He's Afir, a young guy. The guy the no, 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 I don't know him. No, no, no yeah, he's the British Muslim guy. Oh, okay. He's, uh, he's well known on social media. Wow, okay. He's brilliant. So he was telling me, it's not about the workshop we do. It's about implementing what we've just spoke about for like one yes. hour or 30 minutes. Yes. Because if you don't implement them... You didn't, you didn't and if you don't implement it, you start beating yourself up, right? Yeah. And you're like, I'm a loser for not doing I'm not a loser for not taking action. The best aphrodisiac on the planet is action. Move. Make the call. Right. Right? And you inspire yourself. The less you do, it's like when you sleep along there, you're always tired. You get up early, you exercise, you're always fresh. So what one advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, young entrepreneurs now that are trying to make it in life. Two things, if you don't mind. Act as if. Because nobody invests in a desperate person. Nobody. I've been there. Uh, nobody invests because they always think something wrong with you. They don't realize you're just going through your seasons. And learn from the best. So don't learn. Don't go to one person. There's no, I don't have one guru. You know, I have a spiritual guru, I have a money guru, I have a business guru, negotiation guru, love guru. There's different gurus. Get advice about money from rich person. <laughs> you know, get advice from, uh, you know, love from Gandhi. And they don't have to be alive. There's enough stuff on the, on the internet about how those people in the past lived. Find your gurus and find out little things that they did that made them great at what they do. I love that. I love that. And what would you say is the most exciting project you're working on now at the moment? America wants gladiators. They want they it's the capitalism of the world, right? Mm. So actually, I make three times to four times more money over there than I do here. Really? And yeah, absolutely, they love talking about money. Yes, yeah, true. Most people here have issues about money because you know, not local population. One of the expats, they're not from rich rich background right they've just been like brainwashed well, and British you know, stiff up and dip and all this business so yeah yeah uh, the most you achieve as an Englishman is to own your home this seminar I have people from America billionaire coming over that uh, booked me out for a whole of uh, summer of 2023 in the States so we're doing a whole tour of gladiator mastery uh, they love it and uh, well I get paid ten thousand dollars an hour I get paid three thousand dirhams an hour here or maybe $2,000 an hour here. So the potential to, and also 95% of the personal development market in the world is in the States. It is, it is, because it's so competitive there and everyone wanna, everyone is hungry for their market. They're hungry for it. You know, you name me a business that's not competitive. Everything's competitive. That's so you true. You just gotta step up. You gotta step up I and mean, you gotta have the best in your team, right? As if you were, play, do you watch football? Yes. 
Right, exactly. Let's say tomorrow you're playing the Champions League final. Yes. Right. So you're competing against the best team Give out there. Give me Real in the world. Madrid any day. Experience, hunger. Exactly. Yeah. They have the best in the team, right? Mm -hmm. So when I started my business, I always was looking for freelancers, cheap routes. And I was like, no, this is not the way to go. Put my ego on the side. I'm not the greatest at what I do. But how can I become better and compete with these guys next door who've got the best in the team? Hire better people than me in the team. So because eventually you're going to have. You compete with the other guy, he's got the best in goal, the best in defense, the yes. best in midfield, the best as number nine. You gotta have the best in your team. And reward them. Exactly, reward, reward them. them. Otherwise they'll leave. Yeah, Or exactly. set up the company against you. And on one thing I learned, it's like, I'm not making them feel like they're working for me, I'm working for them. Wow. Right? So, I'm wow. working for you, I'm doing my best wow. so I can increase your pay, I'm doing my best so we can do this, And I'm, I, because they're human at the end of the day. So. Yes. If, if the sales lady comes with like, Ahmed, oh, this happened today, I feel, take the day off. Please, don't mm -hmm. touch the phone. Don't, don't, don't be behind your screen until you're 100%. No, no, I'm ready, I wanna work. No, please, go outside, enjoy your day. That's it, because they're human at the end of the day. And then when they see that sort of appreciation. They give you back 10 to Exactly, they give their heart and they'll all They'll take a bullet for you. They'll take a bullet for you. Yeah. If you take a bullet for them, they'll do that you know, in return. Exactly, exactly. So when you go home, do people recognize you? And is that a good thing? And home, I mean UK. No, nobody recognizes me in the UK. <laughs> the funny thing is uh, nothing changes in the UK. And that's why most people like the UK. Because the same old woman is working in the same corner shop. Nothing changes. If you want to build a bridge, it's 20 years of councils and votes and back and forth and stuff. Nothing ever happens. And most people like Europe because nothing ever happens. We like Dubai because everything happens quickly. They, Quick and fast. Yeah. And they want to be the best at everything. That's, that's why it's attracting all the top people in the world. Right. Like every wealthy or every rich European person, they're having a second home here in Dubai. They're moving to Dubai because one is so safe and there's so many opportunities. Infrastructure, everything's positive. You yeah. Know, like like when, you, when you're in the UK and you go to the restaurant, down the corner, right? Who are you going to meet? Big Jake or Big Dave from around the corner? We ain't got nothing in their life, right? But here when you go to a restaurant, out of 10 people you meet, nine of them at least millionaires and they're successful in life. They just have the positive conversation. Yeah. You talk about opportunities, you talk about abundance, not scarcity. You talk about love instead of lack of it and you talk about love instead of pain. You know, it's just a positive energy here. Right. Yeah, it's inspirational. So we were talking earlier about the importance of having the right partner. Uh, with my kids, thank God I've got four beautiful kids. God bless. When I was, thank you. When I was coming to um, Dubai, a very wealthy friend of mine phoned me up and said, can I give you some advice? I said, sure. He goes, it's about your kids. I went, oh God. Okay. And he's the kind of guy who slaps his kids in his factory and stuff like this to teach him a lesson. And um, I said, okay, tell me. He goes, well, you give your kids too much love. You tell them you love them too much. Okay, and I said, with all due respect, you could have given me any advice, but not this one. Because how many times people form relationships to fill a hole in their life? Their cups are empty and they're looking for love to fill it. And I've done it in the past, right? But then if you have kids who become adults and their cups are flowing with love, they only form relationships that adds value to their lives, not because it fills a hole, right? So. Love yourself first. Love yourself first. And don't seek love from anybody else. I love that. Get them to add value to your life and more abundance. 
That's so true. You got to love yours and live yours because there's always going to be someone who has a, a prettier partner than you do, a, a better car than you've got, mm. more successful than you you are, bigger house than you've got. There's always going to be someone who's got it better than you, right? But if you don't love yours and appreciate it, you don't have that gratitude. Well, it's not what we discussed this uh, earlier during the break was that it's not about looks, is it? It's about that connection. It's about those values. Mm. And, you know, just because you think that blonde is nicer than my blonde, what, what about the brunette? You know, this, this, what about the short pudge? There's someone for someone, right? There's somebody for somebody. That's Some, true. You know, so unhealthy people for unhealthy people. You know, short people short, but tall people tall. There's always some. There's eight billion people on the planet, right? We don't judge by our own uh, way of thinking or by our own values. But the fact is that, end of the day, after that initial connection, we're looking for something deeper, and they have to enhance your life. Right, and that's why you see all these girls. They move to all these bodybuilders, Love Island looking guys. Women right? don't like bodybuilders. No, but that's, they get attracted to it initially, right? But then after a week or two weeks, oh, he's a bastard. He did this. Well, he's no, actually, here's the thing, right? They already know they're bastards. Okay, they just choose not to see it. I was in a course whereby 2,000 women had to vote for the most attractive men in the... So 2,000 men got on stage and women will vote who's the sexiest man. And it went from 2,000, 1,500, 200. And the finalists were 12 people. And they were bodybuilders, really good looking guys. Do you know who the women chose? The one with the nicest smile. They must be smart women who chose the... Well, the thing is, you know what they want? Women want somebody safe. Yeah, but I'm talking about like the modern era. Women no, these days, they're different. They're think. brainwashed by no, social media. Uh, no, no, no. Because they comp they're comparing their lives with somebody else on social media, right? Not everyone. They, I'm telling you now, this men... Okay, if you go, if you go back home in the can UK, I, can right? Can I ask you, you know when it comes to sex, okay? Do you know what's the most searched when it comes to sex? Men, what do they search most? What? How they can increase the size of the penis. <laughs> it's true, yeah, I've heard that. Okay. Do you know what women search most? Well, how can sex last shorter than not so long? Really? Men think they gotta have huge penises and l make it last a long time. Men think the way they think. Women just want somebody, if you look at dating sites, what's the most common requ requirement? Somebody with a sense of humor. It doesn't say somebody with a six pack. I agree, I agree. Everything you've just said is gold, right? Mm. But now, what if, okay, let's say you're in Tinder. Women will only swipe right for the bodybuilders and Not the guys who got the abs. Yes, no, 100 million get, percent. You know what? They might swipe right, but then along the way, they, they date the one with the nicest smile. I promise you. But you can't generalize. I disagree with you to a certain extent. We have to have 100 women no, here. No, because trust me, because if you go back home and you ask her what you're looking for in a man, tall, dark, handsome. Three things. They're, they're never no, going to say sense of humor. That I uh, promise you, great personality, later, confident. Later, later, if if the the first all the three things that match, tall, dark, and handsome, then okay. Oh, he's got to have a nice chat. Oh, he's got. Trust me. We have to. We have to. <laughs> the, agree I, th to I think we're going to need another episode yeah, 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 for you have this. Yeah, to agree to disagree. <laughs> and the you know, funny thing is, right? The, the same thing happened on this course to women, and men had to choose for the sexiest woman, and twelve were left. Ten of them were models. Do you know who they voted for, the men? No, oh, the one with the nicest smile, you said? The one who was nine months pregnant. Why? Because when somebody's pregnant and they're just about to give birth, they're a full woman. 
they're not tricking they're not doing anything they're at themselves mm. and women are for womanhood is the most powerful one. Mm. interesting, interesting. Yeah, so when you dig deep there's still out of 12 there were 10 models right but ultimately the men chose the one who was more womanly wasn't insecure wasn't flashing didn't do anything you know when the 12 men the bodybuilders were pushing past were competitive i was cringing watching watching mm. but end of the day they chose the one with the nicest personality it was going to make him smile he was going to be safe you're not going to mess him around yeah it was lovable yeah. no i get that but for me if i were to date someone they have, i gotta have intelligent conversation with you Right. If we don't have yeah, intelligent looks conversation, look, looks attract of you. Of course, of course. Like I'm not gonna approach a fat lady sitting mm -hmm. down at the bar, right? I'm gonna go for the more best-looking girl, right? But the thing is, you go to the gym, right? And you don't want to go to a woman who doesn't go to the gym. You don't have the exactly. same values, Thank right? You. you have the same discipline. Thank you. So that it's not that you. I've I've met large women who are attractive. Doesn't mean I'm gonna have a relationship with them because I like going to the gym, right? And they don't like going to the gym. We're just not gonna. Exactly. Clash. Exactly. That's why it's called a partner, right? Correct. Yes, love that. Yeah. So when is when is enough is enough? When enough is enough? When you die. Hmm. Never enough is enough. Your biggest enemy is your comfort. So the moment you go enough, you you die because the world's growing and moving. You stop moving, you die. You shrink. You stop growing, you shrink. Do you know what's the average age of somebody dies after they get retire after they retire? How many years after the retirement they die? How many years? No, you're right. Six. You're right. Most people die within six years of retiring. Most people die immediately, especially when I think about like my father, for instance, or people in, from the Middle East. Like as soon as they retire, that's it. Life is over. Done. Just sat home all day watching sad news, negative stuff, yes. depressing my stuff. My mom sleeps with news on. Yeah. That's... I can even have a happy life. True. Like you're watching all this. Death news. All Set this. yourself goals, a bucket list. Uh, there used to be a very quickly. Um, there used to be a, a virgin advert on English television, and the guy was walking along and he looks up at a piano. He's just about to land on his head, and his life flashes in front of him. And what I say is, when that life flashes in front of you, go wow. Wow, not. Change go your goals every six months. Set new goals all the time places to travel, places to see, experiences to have. And if the experience isn't good, take, put that off your bucket list. And yeah, move on. As long as you're not harming anyone. Yeah, be like an iPhone. Always get updated. Always get upgraded. Yes. Right? Don't yes. be like a Nokia. But be in charge of your own upgrades. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. You're the CEO of your own life. Exactly. So you got to upgrade yourself higher and higher exactly. accordingly. Listen, I've loved my time with you. Thanks, And man. I really look forward to do a part two with you in the near future. Done. Possibly in your office done 100% there's no possibility in life right the only possibility inshallah is that we, we don't you know we don't survive let's just make it happen we'll make it happen done brother I'm positive looking forward to it love you man before we end this episode we've yes. got a tradition in our podcast oh, okay all right so where's the last guest writes a question for the next guest so you ready? what was the question of your last guest for me I'm gonna read oh, this it is it yeah, okay I'm gonna then I'm gonna ask a question for your next guest oh okay. yeah exactly you're gonna write a question okay. all right uh, okay what made you, you, if that makes sense? The conversations I have with myself. Instead of accepting, I always say, ah, how? So for instance, when I was a kid, um, I go, how come he's got a car like that? How can I have a car like that? 
Why is it when I go on a plane, how can I turn left instead of right? Mm. So it's the questions you ask yourself dictates the quality of your life. So I'm never jealous, I'm always inspired. And I see someone and think, how can I have that boat? How can I have that car? How can I have that lifestyle? How can I be happy like him? How can I have a body like him? So you're always responsible to, or responsive to the quality of questions you ask. I love that. The better the questions, the better the outcome. Exactly. Love that. Thank you so much. Because the answers are always there. That's so true. Yeah. Like I was, funny enough, I'm going to have to extend it another minute. Sure. I was saying that the other day on my stories, like you got to ask better questions to have a better outcome. Like all, every successful person you know, they've got one thing in common, which is asking the right questions. But if you keep asking silly and dumb questions, you're not going to go anywhere in life. Right? Always ask better questions because when you meet someone successful and if you ask them silly, dumb questions, they'll be like, this guy's an idiot. You've got a moment to capture them. Ask exactly. Good questions. But if you ask them good questions and you come back again to them, they'll be like, okay, this person is actually smart, asking me intelligent questions. Yes. I'm willing to give them five more minutes of my time. Right? Exactly. And people sometimes have it backwards and like, like you said, you said a beautiful thing. Right? When you see someone have nicer things in life than you, it inspires you. But people take it as a show-off or they get jealous. Man, in England, I had a Ferrari. Somebody would scratch it with a key. Uh, somebody had a dump on my bonnet on my Ferrari. Uh, I came out of the restaurant. I had to clear the dump on my bonnet. Horrible. And then here, people take photographs. That's the difference for you. Interesting. Thank you so much for your time, Thank brother. you, man. Appreciate you. God Thank bless. You. I salute you. Thank you. I salute you too. My gladiator. Thank you. Thank you.